0: If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecesscom autocall MAFS.
1: You guys know I don't drink very much. And I'm Aid and this is Altar Call, a Married at First Sight podcast.
0: Welcome to week 13. We have made it to 13 weeks.
1: 13 is an unlucky number.
0: Not unlucky for this episode. I think it was a good episode.
1: I was, I read this blog, and it's like every week his post is like things are happening And that was what was running through my mind. I'm like, things are finally happening after, like, weeks of nothing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It was a welcome, action-packed episode from the doll filler episodes we've had for the last two weeks. So, But, yeah, before we go in, I do want to address the fact that we posted that Karen looks like Kelly Rowland on our Instagram account. And I did not get the response that we—I did not expect the responses that we got— uh, a lot of people don't agree, which is fine. I mean, no one needs to agree, but I didn't expect people to be um, angry, so to speak. Maybe not angry, but just like, I think one of the comments we got was like, don't disrespect Kelly Rowland like that. So
1: I'm like, but Karen is pretty and Kelly Rowland is pretty. So what's the problem here? And they do look alike. I agree with you. They don't look don't... like twins, but they definitely look alike.
0: Yeah, uh, like, just similar, like, because Kelly Rowland just announced her pregnancy, so she's everywhere, so I just kept seeing it around, and just came to mind, and we've talked about it before, and just posted it to see what people thought, and I almost felt like I should apologize, but (laughs) I'm not sorry, though, but okay, I mean, it's great, got to know that you guys, you know, don't agree, I, we still think that they look alike.
1: I generally don't like it when you compare reality TV people to celebrity people, like, it it usually just doesn't a it's not true or b it's like not close but this is one where they both have pretty distinctive faces and features that look similar but anyway not everybody can agree with us
0: yes and that is fine but (laughs) let's go back to mass world how was unfiltered this
1: week um especially after watching the episode unfiltered was real boring um (laughs) it was bennett miles and dr Pepper. Um, They showed Olivia and Brett's conversation with Pastor Cal and Miles was like, Brett should have validated her feelings and this wasn't a productive conversation. I have noticed on Unfiltered that everybody takes the opportunity to dis Brett. Like this has happened multiple times. (laughs) They don't like Brett. I think that's obvious. It is. I mean, no one said anything like terrible about him but it's these little comments here and there that if there were teams based on what they have seen they are team olivia and so it makes me wonder if there's something that we're about to learn even more about brett that we didn't know that almost the entire cast would kind of turn on him
0: Hmm. yeah that's interesting but you know this is phenomenon or maybe it's not there's this thing where with couples there's always one person who is the more obvious not asshole, but the more obvious, like, blonde or abrasive person. And there's someone that is perceived to be sweet. But the thing is, no matter how much you relate to a person, you don't know how you, they relate in a relationship. So no matter what they do, if something happens, you're like, oh, I'm sure it's his fault or blah, blah, blah. You know, so Olivia is the delicate angel here that, you know, a lot of people are rooting for. But at the end of the day, both of them are not in there. Because with this episode, I had some thoughts. Like, I've always wondered why people are so harsh. On Olivia, but this episode I, I, I felt adjacent To those thoughts for the first time So,
1: And um, you know, we'll get to it But I, I also Think that they have had now Especially like Miles who's been on Unfiltered Now so like a few times They have that additional insight of getting To watch selected clips on TV And while those clips might not Be, I, ju- I do Maybe it was because from the word jump with the whole Bachelor party thing, they yeah. just weren't feeling him but yeah, every single time it feels like someone will take an opportunity to be on Olivia's side. So I'm like, maybe there's something that they know that's feeding into this. I mean, Brett is not the
0: warmest person that <laughs> you're gonna be like, you know what, I'm team Brett. He <laughs> so yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. So
1: Miles and Bennett are clearly friends. When the tarot card scene came up, <laughs> Miles said, What are y'all doing, dude? <laughs> Uh they talked a little bit about soulmates and Dr. Pepper, like, congratulated herself for matching Amelia and Bennett because they're getting along so well. Um, they showed um, the Amani and Woody meet up with Karen and Miles and how Miles was talking about how he, you know, he has to, like, beg for words of affirmation. And he says it's very hard to deal with the lack of words of affirmation. It's not Karen's thing to give or receive You're just like, what? (laughs) But um, Dr. Pepper's like, you have to learn a new language. And it's okay for him to ask her for what he needs. Bennett says that this whole experience is like a learning experience. He says he feels like there isn't a power dynamic because he's not preoccupied with how he's coming off. It's very healthy and organic and easy. And so Jamie then asks Miles, are you falling for Karen? (laughs) And Miles says no. (gasps) He like, says that she's great et cetera, and he talks a lot about how he wanted to marry his best friend um, and they're working towards that so he's happy but he's not in that like falling phase yet. Bennett says the idea that he's an, a husband seems very abstract it's like a title you have to grow into or earn over time.
0: So when Jamie asks questions and filters it is in the context of where they are in the episode
1: or now where they are in the episode everything in unfiltered assumes that we are no further along than the episode we just saw okay Okay. so yeah dr pepper is like married at first sight is about working hard and putting effort into it and they just believe people are more willing to work hard um in marriage than they are if they just have to swipe left or right a mouse says i'm happy where we are And Dr. Pepper is like, Miles and Karen look promising. And then Miles ends the show by singing the theme song, which made me laugh because as we all know who watch this show, that theme song is a little bit annoying and catchy at the same time. So I'm like, dang, even Miles is tired of hearing this music just like we are. It's funny.
0: (laughs) It's all I'm (laughs) laughing. No holding back. No holding
1: back. And that's why we have a podcast and not a song, people.
0: (laughs) So is that it for the week?
1: That's it for Unfiltered. It wasn't very good. (laughs) Okay.
0: Well, we'll just get right into the thunderstorm that hit this week. Things get really real as quarantine hits and the couple's experiment is extended. They counter a new part of the journey that has never been experienced in all of the seasons, being on lockdown with all of
1: production shut down it was great I love the little like placards that they put up to tell us the situation I don't with the doomy like gloomy music it was it was great I just this episode what did you think of this episode Uh, like I said it was
0: great it was like a lot happening I like when things are moving we got some resolutions we got people talking the lockdown brought out things and people it was like a demon running through and I was here for it
1: it was wonderful it was wonderful (laughs) and the thing about the well, you know, I never stopped working. But the early days of lockdown, it just felt like you had all this time that you never had before. And, like, the longer it goes on, the more it becomes the new normal. So I just remember that, like, when I see them, like, loafing around on the sofa, watching entire seasons of television. I'm like, yeah, that's quarantine life. The early days.
0: But let me do say this. I do say they were pretty chill for people in quarantine. That was not my experience. I was panicking hardcore. I had no idea what was happening. I had no... but. I don't. They probably didn't show it, but a lot of them just seemed, nah, par for course. We just get to stay home. No one seemed so concerned or worried or like. I think that's a good thing, maybe that they took out the panic aspect of it. You know, no one wants to relive those <laughs> beginning days because oh, standing Nancy in line like at so the grocery vulnerable. store,
1: going to yeah. six grocery stores to go get your toilet paper. Yeah. No one wants to. You're right. No one wants to relive that. So yeah. So, our first couple of the week was Amelia and Bennett. And what I find interesting is that Bennett is a theater director. And so, I I think these two probably did the best job of being self-produced, and I'm going to attribute that to Bennett's profession. <laughs> um, so we start with Amelia deciding to give herself a haircut. And I noticed in last week's stand-up her hair was already cut. <laughs> so, we know they film those stand-ups whenever, but I was like, okay, that's when you cut your hair. It was the beginning of quarantine. Um, they start talking about expanding the family by getting a rat. I just kind of... <gasps> um, I thought it was cute when they drove by her house, and she's like, this is the house that I was born in. Then they started talking about Bennett and his one square to wipe, and I was like, oh, my God.
0: Um, <laughs> I was grossed out by that. I was like, there has to be a shitstorm in his ass cheeks. One oh, One square. One square. Oh. And then you mix that up with you telling us that he said hygiene is not his strong suit. Okay, that was not (laughs) I good competition.
1: Every every time I hear something about Bennett's hygiene, I wish I wouldn't. He manages to, I don't know what he smells like, but he manages to look decently clean, and I'd prefer to just keep that image instead of this nastiness.
0: I will say, getting a rat is just as gross. They didn't say a mouse.
1: They said a rat. I didn't take them seriously. And that's the only (laughs) way I could.
0: I don't put anything past them. I'm pretty sure they want to get one. (laughs) (laughs)
1: they overall seem to really like be enjoying quarantine he gave her this graphic novel to read they're scratching nostrils i actually loved the video of her riding the unicycle in the living room (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: they settled in really well and they gave me my pda
1: lots of pda um they did show video like bennett painting the side of i think his house yeah, and she asked him what he was thinking, and he said money in the Jurassic era. And I know that he was just like being weird or whatever, but um, they didn't really touch on this much during the episode. But the collapse of the economy, losing your job, losing your income, was a real thing. Is a real thing to this day. Um, yeah. and I think that that is really playing in with Bennett's psyche throughout this episode. Yeah, I agree. So then they do old fashioned face masks. Um, <laughs> not the type that we're used to now but the, the olden ones where you just put stuff on your face. Um, and while they were doing the mass, she got the news that she matched in Virginia. After they, you know, do their sort of like segment on what they were up to, for this very long period of time, it looks like there was 40 something days between when they stopped filming and when they had these conversations with Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal that were like a recommitment day light. I couldn't quite yeah. figure it out. Yeah. So they were, you know, hunkered down together for about six weeks so Amelia sits down with Dr. Pepper and she talks about how it's like really intense to get to know someone when you're stuck in this apartment all day and like he's her whole world because she can't see anyone else they're enjoying each other's company Amelia's been volunteering at a homeless shelter he gives her a lot of attention they're only like disagreement if you will is like when they want to have babies not the should we have kids not should we but when should we have the kid um so they have this whole conversation about her moving to richmond which later becomes moot um what did you think of that her conversation with dr pepper and moving to richmond
0: i just didn't realize the timing for having children was a big bone of contention for them like they've talked about a lot of things they focus a lot on the match and they've handled that well and this almost felt like new news to us, I, well, to me, I guess. I just didn't know it was a big of a thing for
1: them. Was it for, for you or is that just me? The, yeah, I didn't. This is the first time we've heard about it. And probably because they focused so much on the, the residency thing. Yeah. So now that we have answered that question, they can now move on to other things. Yeah. Uh, so Bennett talks to Pastor Cal. He says that their most difficult conversation was children, which was, you know, news to us. Yeah. But something like that I really just picked up on that he said, he said he needs to do a better job of carving out a financially viable career path for us. Mm-hmm. He's already using that us language. Like he's not a single man. His decisions aren't just about him. There's a part of me that's like, maybe you should have thought about doing this before because you're almost 30 or past 30. But better now than never. He has this whole conversation with Pastor Cal about going back and forth. Um, and then he sits down to talk with her and they're supposed to have this like intense discussion about moving. And then he's like, I'm willing to move part time. I didn't know about that. Like, what did you think of moving part time?
0: I think it's just a starter, starter move. So in the beginning, he's going to be part-time in Virginia. She's kind of used to long distance. He's going to be there part-time, and then he'll part-time before he fully eases out. I personally think that moving to Virginia is a good thing for him. Um, They kept talking about furthering his career. I'm like, which career are we talking about? Like, I, I don't know what you're going to do, especially now with the lockdown. I think it would be good for a fresh start for him. So I don't know. I think that was a good compromise. Like, I'm not saying because she says all the time that it was a big ask for him to move. So for him to say part-time and just you know going back and forth and all that, I was really, I, I felt I was proud of them, and put it that way, or proud of Bennett. That was just a good compromise. Better than just saying, nope,
1: I'm not doing it. I am interested in how that's going to play out because I don't think at this time we realize how long <laughs> this lockdown is going to be. Uh, flying back and forth between Virginia and New Orleans. I don't know if that's, I'm just curious to see how they're going to work that out.
0: Yeah, it probably, I don't know. They'll probably go together to find an apartment because I think he mentioned that. I mean, I really like the fact that, again, he was thinking about the finances, his future. It almost felt like he had a an aha moment about his life. Like, okay, it's time to stop playing and I need to figure out you know, my shit or whatever. So, I don't know. I think it will probably start out long distance. But even though it's new, I think they're also strong enough to go long distance at the stage they're in. So who knows? And they might not even fly back and forth. The other aspect of it is he goes, he likes it, and he just stays and it turns into months. And he realizes I'm not really missing anything. The theater thing is not happening right now. So the pedicab thing is not happening also right now. So I, you know, there's more incentive for him to start something new. Over there, then to come back and do what exactly, you know?
1: Yeah, I think what you said about him going up there and just eventually never leaving is what's going to happen. <laughs> um, I hope so. She seemed really happy with it because I think she's used to people leaving, I guess. So this is like a big thing for someone to do something different. Yeah. So they had the good conversation about babies. He has things that he wants to do before he has a baby. She's ready, like, right now. But she's like, okay, well, it's it's not going to be fun to have a baby with someone who doesn't want to have a baby with me. So I'll <laughs> wait. I want to have a baby with you.
0: Yeah.
1: They're the best. Just, it, it was really, really great. It was really, really great. So go Amelia and Bennett resolving your issues, quarantining well together.
0: Yeah. I think this is the most serious we've seen, Amelia, like, in terms of the babies and stuff. Because we always talk about her being surface.
1: They've gone to a new level. I think once you're talking about babies and finances, you're officially like, you're done playing.
0: (laughs) Hunker down and do this marriage thing. So, did you have anything else on them? Nope. Okay. We'll move on to Amani and Woody. So, it starts with Amani and Woody. Woody is having the best sleep of his life, just snoring away. I feel her pain. But she um, is poking at him, and he's just, like, basking in his sleep. And then the next scene, she tells us that she's ready to say, I love you, to him. I'm like, finally, you already felt it. But um, she made breakfast for him, and she gave him gifts. And I thought they were very thoughtful because each gift was something that reflected each one of his senses. Gifts are my love languages, so I always think, like, it's very thoughtful when people go all out like that. So, I don't, For some reason, they didn't show it to us?
1: Or did I, right? Yeah, they kind of showed us, like, an overhead shot of, like, all the gifts laid out. Yeah. But I, they can only, because I guess they, if, if I guess if Imani and Woody didn't, like, turn on the camera and film it themselves, then all we get is that, like, overhead shot.
0: Okay. At this point, I was just thinking, okay, is this on purpose? Because this is what happened with
1: Amelia and Bennett. We didn't get the I love you either, so. <laughs> uh- I feel like when you're on a TV show. And you want to preserve something to yourself i think the first time you say i love you is actually a good one to be like we are not doing that on camera we will yeah. tell them about it afterwards we saw woodies i don't Woody's. think you meant to say it though i think it just came out i feel like when people plan to say i love you they take it away from the cameras.
0: okay um she says that it's strange and scary to say she loves him but she can't help it and she just has to tell him And then we're basking in this new I love you. And from nowhere, the gloom and doom music comes on. I'm like, what is happening? And these two are fighting. about something and so we get the overview of what it was we just hear them exchanging words and going back and forth and she's saying do you think he didn't do anything wrong in this relationship and then it goes to commercial so they come back and then we find out that they're fighting about dms she was joking i mean he had his phone and she was joking about oh let me see the holes you have in your dms he instantly got defensive and he felt like oh his privacy was um being invaded. And, you know, words, they said, exchange your words. And then that was what the fight was. What did you think about the fight? Did you think it was?
1: I just didn't understand, like, was the fight because she asked to see his DMs? Was the fight because she accused him of having something in his DMs that should have been there? I was I was really actually confused. And it also never really felt resolved. I think it did. When
0: we get to the pastel cal, I think he, she explained it better as to how it was. So I got a better understanding when she explained it to Pastor Cal.
1: I was, however, very proud of myself because I feel like in episode one, I said Woody and his DMs were going to be an issue. <laughs> it wasn't quite how I thought it would be, but I specifically said DMs. <laughs> I know, and it should, came up. That should be like a drinking game. Things we've
0: said in the past that come to pass, take a shot. <laughs> so she said um, she's talking to Pastor Cal and like A mentioned earlier, all the couples are going to go through this. We finally get to see Dr. Pepper. And we finally, not not finally, we've seen Pastor Kyle before, but we see him again. And, you know, they get to speak. And like Aide said, we couldn't decide if this was a recommitment ceremony for those who are new or actually the older people. It wasn't there in the beginning, but now they have a recommitment ceremony where halfway through or after the one month, they ask you, do you want to stay or do you want to leave? But it wasn't quite official. It was just a one-on-one You guys talk and then decide what it is you want to do. So Dr. Pepper is talking to Amani and she says she thought marriage, um, Dr. Pepper keeps asking each of them, what do you think about marriage so far? She says, Amani says she thought marriage would be a long getting to know you phase. That's awkward, but it hasn't been awkward at all because they have a similar sense of humor. They love to dance and it's just been good so far. Dr. Pepper asked her about her feelings. She tells her that Woody got there sooner, but she does love him, and she has reciprocated and told him that she loves him. And now the phase that they're in is the how to stay in love phase. It's sounds so simple, but I just like that. Just like, you know, yeah, okay, now you love each other. It's easy. Now how do you stay in love? So that's where she said they are. Dr. Pepper asks if they have had any big arguments. And it was just so funny to me, as if she doesn't get briefings on the couples. She's asking like, oh, have you had any big arguments? Let's pretend like I haven't seen anything about you. Amani says she says they've had they've had arguments, but nothing that doesn't end the same day. And I found it interesting because Dr. Pepper says, have you had any big arguments? she says we've had arguments and dr pepper is clearly trying to find out about that particular argument and she goes what was that
1: argument so there were clearly like different you know did you catch that which i actually thought was great because that means you guys have argued but you managed to settle it within a day but this argument felt bigger because you had to go to bed like still angry
0: well i She was saying that they did resolve it that same day. I actually thought they were not on the same page.
1: Yeah, they didn't resolve the argument about the DMs on the same day. That's why it was a bigger argument. But they've had other arguments.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't get that sense that it wasn't. Because Dr. Pepper was saying, have you had arguments? And then she goes, oh, yeah, we've had, but we ended on the same day. And then Dr. Pepper says, tell me about that one. So maybe they clipped something out. So, okay, I didn't get that. Um, so they talk about the fight She tells Dr. Pepper about the fight But she says the overarching issue Was he misunderstood her And afterwards he listened to her And then he understood where she was coming from So I think Woody was in Is, is it fight or flight mode? Like he just instantly he What he told Pastor Kyle later was like He didn't know what was in the DMs And he's like uh, <laughs> Why is she, <laughs> she trying to get there? He was trying to preempt a future fight And cause the fight in the process of Trying to preempt it, but I mean, Amani did seem really over it. She says the one thing she was worried about was for him wanting kids ASAP, and I'm like, wow, this kids thing. Everybody just wants kids immediately. I also didn't know that was their biggest thing, but it kind of makes sense because they have at least talked about, you know, kids in the past. So it's Woody's turn to talk to Pascal. I am not feeling Woody's hair. <laughs> but he tells Pascal that he doesn't really have any downsides. They've said, I love you. Oh, I said, I love you. I love yous. And he made her feel comfortable. And oh, because Pascal said, How do you feel you got her to get to that stage? And he said, I made her feel comfortable and I was consistent and I continued to show her that I am the man that I said I am. Which I think is so good because I don't know if you've heard the saying where they say women Want security and I think Woody gives that to Amani like just shows her I don't like some people (coughs) Karen she's not sitting there saying is this really you show me your bad side I don't she's just basking in it so Pastor Cal asks Woody about the fight and he admits that he was defensive and he is not an definitive person were you surprised about that uh I was
1: surprised I mean I guess of, what do you mean by argumentative I think Woody's is assertive but I guess no he's not argumentative I feel like is someone who just starts arguments for the sake of it yeah I actually
0: thought he meant to say confrontational but I was like okay maybe he does mean argumentative but then he did follow up by saying that he's not one for beating a dead horse so if we're going around in circles he'll just you know let it be which again the testament to Woody's maturity and then Pastor Cal they talk about kids again and how they want kids and Pastor Cal in the best roundabout way he it basically if he's going raw and Woody is so taken aback he's like oh we're just gonna ask that like we're just going there I thought that was funny And um,
1: I, maybe he was like but you already asked me this one time and that was one time too many so now we have to do this <laughs> twice
0: that's true he has asked was it him oh yeah it was him I was it was him that, It was him. (laughs) But um, he just says, no, they're practicing safe sex. And he says, again, if he didn't love her, he wouldn't mention kids. Um, He does say that he needs to listen more. When they're talking, again, because again, the, the way it goes is the woman talks with Dr. Pepper, the man talks with Pastor Cal, and then the couples come together and then recap what they all talked about and things they need to resolve. So Amani and Woody are having their recap and the kid's thing comes again. And Woody says, I just want a Scorpio baby. What is wrong with this man? First, he wanted a honeymoon baby. And then now he wants a Scorpio
1: baby. Which, if based <laughs> on what he said before, I think he's a Scorpio. And why would you want your... If you believe in that, then I would think that you wouldn't want your kid to be the same sign as you. Because it's bad for the chakras or whatever.
0: Well, <laughs> if you were a vain person, you would want, like, a spawn that is like a, <laughs> thinking about that it just sounds nice he's not really putting thought into it he's just talking so Amani brings up the puppy again she goes well you can get a scorpio baby you know if you want a scorpio baby you can get a scorpio puppy either way they laugh about it they resolve it they're just waiting for a scorpio baby and a puppy and then they do the heart symbol with their fingers and then they say black love and then he asks her are you scared and she actually says not anymore and he says I honestly thought he was kidding, but he went all serious for a second. And he's like, I'm scared that I'm not, I'm not being, I'm not going to be that guy.
1: I and think I thought, he was talking about parenthood.
0: Oh, I thought he was. No, I thought he was talking about himself. He was like, because he said, are you scared? And I felt he, because she just said, I love you. And before she said uh, he's asked her many times and she says, yes, I am scared, but I'm not anymore. And he said, I'm scared of not being that guy. And she says, no, you're enough, that you're doing what you should do with me. So I think it was relationship-wise.
1: That's interesting. So because I literally, maybe it's because I, I don't know, maybe I misinterpreted this. I thought that he was talking about parenthood and being a parent and whether he was going to be good enough to do it. And I was thinking, you have a lot of unresolved issues there, like rightfully so. Sometimes the way Woody talks about having a kid makes me a little bit like, I think you need to go back to therapy because I think it's okay to have kids to resolve things, to do things better than your parents. That is a valid reason, like one of the valid reasons to have children. But you can't cure that hurt by having your own kids. So I just, I don't know. Sometimes, yeah, that's what I was hearing. But I thought her words of affirmation were actually really beautiful and wonderful. You are enough. You have enough. You do enough. Like, It was really nice.
0: Yeah, it was. Well, I read it as a relationship, but to your point of what you're saying, I get you do have a point because it's no different than... What I feel about Miles just wanting to be a husband so bad, I think they're akin, like they're about the same thing of Woody wanting to be a dad so bad and Miles wanting to be a husband so bad. He's a child of divorce. He's a child of like bad parenting or bad, not a bad father, but a father who just wasn't capable to give him what he needed. So I see that. But again, we all come with baggage. So And honestly, I think Woody says these things because it's nice and it sounds nice, but in practicality, like, come on, bro, you live with your grandma. (laughs) You don't have a house yet. So, you know, but I have faith in the foundation that he has and as they grow. But at the end of the day, I think my final thoughts were I am still so shook that Woody is the guy he turned out to be. We all wrote this man off.
1: And we were wrong.
0: Episode one. And we were so wrong. And I'm glad we're wrong. And I'm just glad Amani and Woody are happy. And like I said, get them on Couples Camp ASAP. (laughs) All right. All right. So we move on to Christina and Henry. There was a lot going on here. There was a lot. So I know we've said in the past that we don't enjoy them. How would you describe how you felt watching them this
1: episode? I did enjoy them this episode. The title of this episode was Home Alone. (laughs) Uh, so they were entertained this week, but I was officially, by the time they were done, I was like, get these two off my screen.
0: Yep. I agree. Okay. It's locked down. And just thinking about Christina and Henry alone in an apartment gives me the heebie-jeebies. And Christina gives us a rundown of what it's been like. She's been cooking. She's been cleaning. She says she's been doing a lot of Zoom calls. I don't, it has to be social calls because she's a flight attendant, right? Yeah. No Zoom calls to fly the plane, right? Yeah, so, and they don't mention anything
1: about how her job was impacted. Not one yeah, word.
0: Do we even know if she has a job at this point? <laughs> hey, you're yes. so mean. She'd be lying. She'd be lying. We so
1: have seen her, like, take a flight.
0: <laughs> None. The entire time. But anyways, she's making gumbo. Henry is still working, and he's been working from his old um, apartment. So instead of going to work, he just goes to his old apartment to work. He says they're spending time and watching shows. just hanging in and then again it just snuck up on us it's Henry's 35th birthday (laughs) and it was such an odd scene because Henry's just pacing around laughing at his phone (laughs) Christina's on the couch doing whatever she's doing and this man just tells us like oh it's my birthday my phone has been blowing up I just had a cake delivered and Christina
1: forgot and she didn't seem like she cared that she forgot There was no like, oh my goodness, I forgot. Let me like run to the store. Let me like (laughs) paint you a picture. Let me do something. I'm so this is and then
0: we also didn't get a confessional of her even saying, Oh my god, I forgot his birthday. Nothing. It was almost like it didn't happen. So at some point I thought maybe she didn't tell him he didn't tell her at all, but she had to have seen the cake being delivered. Or she just thought it was a jerk ass (laughs) cake.
1: He's like she's like, one of your hoes out there is sending you a cake. (laughs) no it's my birthday maybe you should care too
0: (laughs) but then he says you know what I don't blame her but let me tell you that if I was the one that did that the reaction would be different I, I I see no lies no lies detected in that henry mm-hmm. me
1: either no lies <laughs> detected. but some of am just like henry you don't have to be chill about this this is truly an asshole move you can be upset i, I yeah. don't think he cares about her enough to even be upset that she forgot his birthday
0: listen for a second i even thought like was he even gonna tell her about the birthday because he's like you know what i don't want that bad juju on my birthday <laughs> just keep it i don't even want anything about you but can i just say and tell me if i'm the only one that noticed this what did the quarantine do to henry henry was blossom that's <laughs> the only word i can just He was comfortable. He was speaking his truth. He was out there. Like, I was like, who is this guy? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What did quarantine do to Henry? He's in his elements.
1: (laughs) And I'm like, is it because the camera crew left? Is that all it took? Or is it something about this particular time or what's going on with her that Henry found himself the personality that I I think we knew was in there?
0: Yeah, he really did. And I've told you, she's just sucked it out of him, I guess, in some way. So, anyways, we get to a scene. Henry's cleaning out the fridge or doing something by the fridge. Christina's all dressed up in a white dress. Like I said, these people didn't act like we were in quarantine and panic mode. Everything was as usual. She's in a white dress. She's in a purse. She grabs a coat. She's like, Oh, I'm leaving the house. Bye. Henry lets us know that she's going for a walk. I'm like, Wait, what? <laughs> who goes for a walk like that and then Harry let me tell you Harry is sarcastic and I like it he goes it was so long that she got back at 3 (laughs) (laughs) a.m she got back at 3 a.m in the morning he's like I texted she read it she didn't respond and then I checked in with the other wives which I think was really nice of him because at this point I don't think it's because oh he cares she's out with someone else he don't give a fuck he just wants to make sure she's okay. He's actually dug you dead know? in a
1: ditch somewhere.
0: <laughs> Not bad. Uh, But what, this was interesting to me. He said, I checked with other wives and they checked her stories on Instagram and saw that she was out with friends. Why couldn't he just look at her Instagram himself? Is he blocked? What? Did he have to call
1: the other wives? Maybe I, he doesn't have an Instagram.
0: Man, I feel like I wouldn't put it past Christina to restrict his viewing. <laughs> <laughs> Is this not when COVID was new? How are there no precautions? How are you still hanging out with friends? But, you know, different rules for different people. Henry just says that there was just a huge lack of communication. And you know he's checked out because he honestly didn't even bring it up with her. He just went about his day like, you know, nothing. All this was him telling us, not telling her. So... That's where they are. So Christina says it's a challenge um, when he's talking to... Sorry, it's her turn to talk to Dr. Pepper. So they're talking about it. She's asking how marriage is. Christina says it's a challenge. Always trying to figure out what's going on because he's always leaving. And I found it interesting that that was what she chose to say. Not that he doesn't communicate his feelings or she finds out from other people. She just goes, he's either going to the grocery store or he's going there. I was like, he doesn't want to be with you, boo like that's why he's leaving she brings up the flowers she says he's always going to the grocery store and he doesn't think to get you know flowers for me and i have to admit that my first thought was mean because i'm like well you were in a long distance relationship i mean you were in a long-term relationship for many years and they never get you flowers Now, is it going to be a stranger that you married that you haven't been nice to that's
1: going to get you flowers? Now you want to blame him? It was just such a bizarre thing to pick up on. Like, he goes to the grocery store and he goes to work. I mean, you can see the writing on the wall. He does those things because he doesn't want to be in this apartment with you. But instead of, like, focusing on how he doesn't want to be in the apartment with you, you are like, he doesn't buy me flowers.
0: (laughs) Well, we know flowers are her trauma point she's mentioned so many times how no
1: one's ever gotten her flowers i don't want to so. hear one more word about these flowers your problems are beyond flowers girls i don't want to hear about them
0: it's just like he doesn't even ask if i like food or whatever and i get her point in a re- in a regular relationship you with someone you want them to be like hey i thought of you you like this i brought this for you but again henry does not give a flying part about <laughs> you I don't know how I mean, signs you need or why used to want that. But anyway, she says, I almost feel like he doesn't want this. Really? I'm like, yeah, really? <laughs> and then, let me tell you that Dr. Pepper, for the win this episode, she goes, well, do you think it's you or do you think it's him? Shots fired. <laughs> So I don't know if Christina really answered, but she's like, I mean, there's room for both of us to work on things, but I need to know what he wants me to work on. And then Dr. Pepper asked, have you been vulnerable to him? And I'm glad she said yes, because I almost thought she was going to say no, because I, I do feel that Christina has been vulnerable with Henry. And she goes, the the times that she's been vulnerable with Henry... At the times that make her feel like he actually does care because he has handled it really well. And, you know, Dr. Pepper suggests that maybe at this point, all suggestions are moot to me. But she's like, maybe they hold hands when they talk because holding hands does something to someone when you're talking. Give him a roadmap. And, you know, I'm not a fan of Christina, but I will say that there's a lot of onus being put on Christina in this relationship in general. There, Do you there get are that? No expect-
1: Henry has no expectations for himself. None.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Henry has a conversation with Pascal. And, like we said, Henry has blossomed and he came to play this episode. And he just flat out tells Pascal, we have nothing in common. And I'm he and then Pascal asking, "What is the thing you know that you want her to fix?" And I'm sitting there waiting for him to say impatience again." And he surprises us. He says, "You know what? She has a pattern of dishonesty. I'm like, "What?" I sat up straight. I'm like, "Speak on it." and <laughs> we let us know. <laughs> he goes. I noticed this early on. And I'm like, we've never heard you say this, Henry. What is going on this episode? And he's like, I just let it slide. Then Pascal says, What are these? You know, I like Pascal's reactions too. He cocks his head, he squints his eyes, and just gives the reaction. She's like, Well, for example, her living situation. And then she went out for a walk, it was like quarter to midnight. She responds and says that she's rearranging an apartment for a friend. That's the worst. You could have, you know, in forever. Can I just tell you, Aid, that I think that she went to go have really,
1: yes. I said, Well, I think that as a liar, she had, well, if she was lying, she has established before that the arrangement of furniture is very important to her, so it was a good lie. (laughs) She was rearranging some furniture (laughs) at
0: midnight, midnight. (laughs) and and you know, the wives have seen on her stories that she's hanging out with friends. So, I don't know. I think, I do think she went to go have sex. Like, it's been a while. She's getting no affection. It's what she's used to. So, yep. I don't know. I could be wrong. Not about- so, he starts selling Pascal. He's like, you know, again, he's like a broken record sometimes. Communication is hard for me. I know I'm hard to read, but it's things I can't change. Pascal said, let me stop you right there. Yes, you can.
1: Do you actually think he can change it? If he wanted to, and if the person he was with, he thought it was worth it to do so.
0: Yeah, I think so too. So Pascal feels the same way we feel because he's next days. Henry, you have been very clear in this conversation. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, indeed, Pascal. Yes, indeed. And then he's like, but I don't think you have ever been this clear to her. And Harry goes, yeah, probably haven't. Because he doesn't care, people. So Pascal tells him, take a risk.
1: Confront her. Like, all I'm hearing is fight, fight, fight. <laughs> but I mean, you know, first Henry was like, you're very impatient. That's why I don't like you. So then girl's like, OK, let me see if I can fix my impatience. Now he's like, you're very dishonest. Oh, that's why Pastor Cal is like, you really should probably, if you think she lied to you, then don't you think you should say something? Yeah. Like I'm saying, like, I don't, listen, there
0: are two different kinds of communication, verbal and nonverbal. I don't know why everyone's skipping this nonverbal. We're just talking around things, but it is what it is. But he says, fight for it. You know, the same thing the experts always say. And I'm like, all caps. I wrote down in my notes. He doesn't want it. I don't know how many times I said it during their scene, but it is what it is. Oh, he asked her. Um, Pascal asked him. So, is this something that you feel like you want to keep fighting for? And I noticed there was a pattern between um, diff couples where each of them were like, um, "I don't know," because Olivia said it, Mal said it, Henry said it, you know. But they all had. I don't knows and then they stretched it out but at this point I really fully expected Henry to say I don't want this anymore I, what do you think Henry is fighting for I don't. I don't know so frustrating so he tells us we're not going in the right direction well this is right before he has the conversation for the recap he's like we're not going in the right direction I'm kind of nervous about this conversation but it has to be done and let the chips fall where they may I've never seen any white flag sentence more than that because he's like
1: okay i mean many things bother me about henry but one of the things is like he acts as if life is just happening to him as if he's an active participant in his own life or his own very shitty marriage yeah anyway just life is not happening wherever you are wherever you are Yes, there are things in life that happen to you, but life is not happening to you. You are living your own life and you might need to take some actions every now and then and stop sitting there and acting as if the people around you are just controlling everything. Speak on it, preach a motivational speech for the day.
0: So, Henry continues with his newfound mojo and he flat out tells Christina that he, you know, she's been deceptive and she's like, "What? What?" And then he brings up the example of where she lived and she starts lying to us as if there's no camera footage of her saying she lived in CBD. And then she goes, No, I never said that. And then she says, Oh, I wasn't living there. And then Henry just goes, Okay. Honestly, there was nothing else to say besides that was on camera. He, uh, he, he sure really, did. He really did.
1: He wasn't even sure they were going to edit <laughs> that part in, although once they saw this, they probably did. But he's like, I distinctly recall when she said that lie, there was a camera there. <laughs>
0: yep and the reality tv producer is always on hand to produce those receipts but um harry does say it's almost like you say things that you think i want to hear and we've mentioned before how christina is a petty betty she says whoa i could say the same thing about you and then harry's like no you can't i'm always
1: honest every <laughs> so way being honest is like, get- like well if i don't say the truth but keep it inside, then I'm always being honest without saying anything. That is true. There's a difference between, you know,
0: speaking it out and keeping it in your head. But I will say that Christina was emotionally manipulative because she starts crying and she starts saying, Dr. Pepper gave me good advice, but this conversation makes me want to shut down and I don't even want to do it. That it's almost like he's drawing conclusions about her instead of asking and they speak two different languages. And he's checked out, and he doesn't want her. And all the while, Henry's just staring at her. But
1: where, <laughs> and, okay, But I got a little, like, fussy with this, because when Henry said pattern of dishonesty, I was, like, waiting for, like, a whole list of, like, these are all, You guys have now been married for 10 weeks. 10 weeks! And you pull out something yeah. from the beginning, and you pull out something from very recently. That is not 10 weeks' worth of lies. And this whole, like, where do you live thing, it's a problem. But I didn't really, like... I felt like Henry's just looking for reasons to get out. And it's like, dude, you don't have to provide receipts. You can there's the door. Leave. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But it's true. But I feel like they just
0: pulled out stuff for us again, that, you know, Amelia and Bennett really had kids. Timing was a whole thing for them. And then now we're finding out that, you know, this pattern of dishonesty, this is the first time that we heard it. But I think You know, all that time in lockdown, what was it, 40 days or whatever? The producers had time to redo storylines, I think. I don't know. Because you're right. A pattern means one, two, three, but we're just getting something that happened in the beginning that you never brought up. That's the other thing. That's the only explanation for some of these things that we're hearing for the first time in this episode or something, because... Even, you know, like you said, you're right, the whole pattern and you bring up only two examples and even the walk, he still never even got around to bringing that up with her.
1: And honestly, I would not I mean, not that these two are in any way in a functional relationship, but I would not blame her for lying about when Henry says I go to, you know, he goes out like it appears he's kind of doing the same thing just during daylight hours. And she did it in the (laughs) evening. I I don't know that he has a moral high ground to stand on and call that a lie. Well,
0: she did, When you say you're going for a walk, not I'm going to hang out with friends, that's a blatant lie. And then also when you go out as a married person and you don't tell your husband where you're going and you come back at 3 a.m. from a walk during the daytime, yeah, that's a blatant lie.
1: We didn't hear how long his two trips to the grocery store took. That's all I'm going to say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so again, Harry just, you know, stares at her and then he goes, um, I don't see the point in giving up. And I banged my head on the wall. Why don't you see the point in giving up? Give up for us, if nothing else. Because Krishna says how. And then he goes, there's <laughs> still a lot to learn. What? Uh, anyways. Take your L and go. Like, just move. just Just go with it. But she says it doesn't seem like he cares. And at this point, no, thank you. I'm like, oh, my God, yes. She's giving up. And she gets up and she walks away and he says, I don't know what else you want me to say about it. Throws her hands again. Like I said, she walks away. And Henry says, at the end of their scene, Henry says, Christina hasn't been here much and texted since we had the talk. She texted me and said she would like to talk. And then she tells me that a reliable source says that he was gay he being henry and the person who texted and said they were sleeping together he asked to see the text but he's yet to see the text i do not see that coming from a mile away
1: me either and i don't believe a word of it
0: <laughs> i do not believe Henry is a lot of i mean we're not here to define anyone's sexuality but like henry said henry said If I was gay, why would I go marry a woman on national television, like, even if I was gay? And honestly, that made a lot of sense to me. Like, for everything, we all see that he's all uncomfortable. If he was gay, I don't think that, one, he would go all the way to marry a woman (laughs) and make himself even more confused. No. So, like we said, Christina is a petty betty. And she sat there and think, what is the worst thing I can do to this guy for all that he's put me through? And that's why I said she's not going to call it off. She's going to make him hang in
1: there until he does it, no matter what it takes. so <laughs> do you think she's making like making it up completely, or because I imagine it's amazing to me when you get on a reality t v apparently people just come out of the woodwork wanting to be all up in your business, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if she got a text from someone, but when she says quote uh, he said quote unquote reliable source, I was like. Reliable source or some random text that see some number you've never seen before?
0: I think the only thing that's shady about it is that she will not show him the text because he just says during the accusation, she was connecting dots on all the times he goes out. And I mean, he flat out says, yep, I take my time to get back. Because I don't (laughs) don't (laughs) like you. (laughs) I don't want to be in the house. So yeah, that's true. So for me, if someone says something that is serious, um, and I don't know why that person would tell her if they don't expect her to tell him, because that's the whole point, I'm guessing. I don't know. So why even if you take a screenshot and take away the person's name or anything for the fact that she still hasn't shown him, I think she's lying. I think she's lying. But yeah, I don't think Henry would put himself all the way out there if that was even something he had
1: in his in his life. I was telling somebody <laughs> about this earlier today and I was like, but the thing is, is that this is not the first time I'm married at first sight that someone has been accused of being gay. <laughs> this is the second time.
0: But yeah, um, that is what we got for Christina and Henry. Always the best show closer because you never know what's going to come out of their mouth. And I honestly can't wait to see where this goes next week.
1: Yep. So on to Karen and Miles. We start with Miles making a video, calling himself the real house husbands of New Orleans, which was funny. Karen is still, because she works in healthcare, she's working very hard every day. So then they show a series of like shots of Miles being a bum, like <laughs> played his video games on the sofa, basically just living his life on the sofa. Though At one point we saw him doing yoga. I was like, go Miles.
0: <laughs>
1: so then we get a video cam from karen and she's like miles has complained about being bored not having enough to do she's not sure if he's depressed because they've talked about his clinical depression before she's not really <laughs> sure what's going on she personally is emotionally and mentally exhausted she can't give miles or the relationship the attention she would like to and just had to go. I did feel like like we haven't quite figured out what Karen's job is, but I would imagine that if you work in healthcare during this time, it's very stressful. And like we can see her even at one point, it looks like they're sitting on the couch. It's like the middle of the night. He's like watching TV and she's still on her computer working. So,
0: okay, so, yeah, you're right. We haven't figured out what she's doing, because at some point they called her a program manager. And then on her title card, they called her a project manager. So if she's a project manager. It could be a bunch of campaigns as medical that she's just facilitating. But I'm going to be a terrible person and admit that when she was on the computer, when Miles was looking for affection, I honestly didn't put it past her to just be on her computer just so she doesn't have to do the alternative, which is give Miles attention. But I know that's a stretch, but that was my thought. So. <laughs> No, so, well, because how do you say I don't have the energy to give miles or the relationship the attention they need to? Is it because this is an experiment? Because if you were really married, wouldn't you have to work at it? Like the whole point of a relationship or marriage is some you have to work at it. It just doesn't happen magically. So you do your part. So I didn't like when she said that. Uh,
1: I just, I'm going to hold my, I just think it was a very difficult time. I can say that at the beginning of COVID, the way my job was, the amount of hours I had to work, the Saturdays and Sundays, the whatever, I would not have time to have devoted to like a pet penguin, much less (laughs) another whole human being. So I'm just giving Karen the benefit of the doubt on that front.
0: Which is fair enough, but you have to remember that she keeps griping on the fact that I just need him to tell me what he wants. I just need him to tell me what he wants. But when he does, you say, I don't have the capacity to give it to you at this point. Uh, okay. I'm not picking on Karen. I just, we don't think the same way. So mm.
1: So then Miles says, I don't feel wanted by her. She can't even say, I want to be with you. And if you can't say that, then this isn't what you want. Honestly, I was, it was great. It's great. I'm like, yes, Miles. You reached this breaking point. So Doctor, for some reason, all of the experts felt the need to like soliloquy about how we feel so bad that we haven't seen you. We get it after the first <laughs> or second time. By the time we're on the third, fourth couple, oh I just feel so bad. Usually at this point I would have talked to you. You guys have four weeks and I didn't see your face, so stop crying. um <laughs> Karen says to Doctor Pepper, there's definitely good parts. Miles is a good person. We are trying to do small things about each other. We have to talk about Miles's nickname for Karen, killer. It's terrible. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, I kind of liked it. It's very empowering. I just maybe it's because I'm like that seems like a really bad nickname, but she I guess she seems fine with it.
0: I liked it. <sighs> because it, it, there's there's a scene when they were showing her going to work every day or whatever. Like I can just see him. There was one scene where he tapped her ass. I saw she that. Was, <laughs> and I can imagine him just tapping her. I like, said, go get him, killer So I like it. <laughs> I mean, he tried to kiss her, but that was a fail. But that's okay.
1: You know, (sighs) Dr. Pepper says what we've all been saying. It's all about your needs in this conversation. So I'm like, come on through, Dr. Pepper. (laughs) And you've said things in the past that would not encourage openness. You've accused him of being not masculine. And then they play a whole bunch of clips of her just being like, don't cry. Be a man. Like. do you see that last week i
0: was complaining where i was saying don't tell him don't cry like that's not nice and I also i felt vindicated when they put that scene up i was like yes dr pepper call her out and producers
1: <laughs> and then karen says oh you know i just need to find out if he's gonna be that masculine figure for me i don't need a girlfriend he called her sis i'm your wife i'm not your sis Which, honestly, I was on... This is the thing with Karen. Like, I was on her side in that one... Like, no matter what a nickname is, if you tell someone, don't call me by that nickname, that should really be the end of the discussion. But, like, in the context of everything else, it's like, oh, you're not a man because you called me sis? Come on.
0: Mm -hmm. I think she was reaching at that point because she was
1: not happy when Dr. Pepper called her out. So how do we give each other what we need to move forward? So then, after, you know, she says she's willing to work through... work on things and give him what he needs... Which, you know, less talking, more doing, Karen.
0: Um. So, But can I just ask again? This is why I keep asking, because she mentioned it again. This is what I've been asking of Miles, that I want him to show me the raw, show me the thing. How is he not in a lose-lose situation? She keeps saying, you know, he's being nice, don't bend yourself too much or whatever, and she's wary of that. But if he actually gave her the raw from the beginning, do we really believe that Karen will say, yes, he's showing me the raw. I'm sticking this out. Part of where they are today is because Miles was accommodating. So what... I, I don't think I quite grasped even though she said it so many times. I still don't know what this girl is looking for.
1: I don't have a lot of opinions about what he should do or what she should do at this point because... It's very confusing watching them. Very confusing. Yeah. But they do seem to always come together and come to a resolution and understanding. And they do seem to really like each other, even despite everything. So they're a mystery wrapped in a riddle. So Miles sits down with Pastor Cal and he's like, I expected quarantine to be fun. We're going to be together. We're going to cuddle. We're going to eat. We're going to have fun. And I'm like, those are realistic expectations. And they struggle to get to know each other. Um, and then Miles straight out says, I don't feel cared for. I was like, I feel I'm so proud of you for being able to articulate that.
0: <laughs> now he shows up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's like, I need to feel like I'm wanted. And to her, like affection and intimacy is like the hardest thing to do. There's no intimacy. There's no sex. There's no handholding. There's no kissing unless I initiate. And Miles straight out says, I'm not even sure she could do this. Like, I don't I don't know if she has the capacity for this. And then until last night, which at this point, they've been together for 10 weeks. He hadn't said anything. Miles is like, why am I here? Do I want to keep on doing this? And then Miles, you know, the whole masculinity thing. Miles is like, are you like trying to tell me I'm not a man? <laughs> and he wants yeah. if Karen is ready for a progressive dude like himself.
0: Facts. Th- to be honest, when he was talking, I just kept wondering, I'm curious. What does love and relationship, what is it to Karen? How has she been in her past relationships and how have her men been? Because she talks about this masculinity thing a lot and talks about, you know, I don't want this. She basically, all the things she says she doesn't like are things that you think you'd expect in a regular relationship. So what? Yeah, I guess I'm just asking the same question over and over. I'm just curious what it looks like to her. If she could describe her perfect relationship, what would she describe it as?
1: I have zero faith in Karen to be able to even answer that question. I think that's why they're just struggling. Pastor Cal asks, is Miles committed to seeing his marriage through to decision day? Which I assume at this point, they told them when decision day was because of this. I mean, I don't think they know. And Miles is like, (laughs) I don't know. So, you know, he and Karen sit down together. Miles basically is like, do you have the capacity to give what I need? And she's like, I think I can do it. Which once these are the types of interactions that I'm like, there must be something there that you guys are sticking with this. And um, he has a list of requests and he wants to get back to like enjoying each other and like having fun together like they were, I guess, pre-quarantine. They were they were getting in that mode. So, yeah, that's all I got for these two. They got a long road ahead of them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that she wants to try is pretty hopeful. I just don't understand why she wants to try. Like, I think they they have the grace of having extra weeks due to lockdown. And they should just be further along, I guess. So, and again, why I never want to invest in the relationship, again, is one step forward, two steps backward. We just, it's just going in, out. Like, do you like the guy or not? You keep saying you're willing to work. But what... Do you want to work? There's no point continuing if your guys are not going to speak the same love language. Miles has made it clear at this point what it is that he wants. So you can't say you don't know at this point. So if it's not, if it's like fitting a square in a a square in a round hole, then just, you know, cut your losses. But you're right. They have moments where you see them and you're like, these two have something so good that they could have. It's just, I don't know but
1: they ended on a <laughs> very like I would say like a hopeful note or a negative note they just kind of ended on an even keel
0: I think it was hopeful because even Ma said honestly before this conversation I, I was not I was not there because I think she told us that he said you know T- if today was decision day I'll be out but now he feels hopeful and she was you know they rec- I mean he did leave
1: she basically convinced him to stay which is very interesting dynamic between the <laughs> two of them
0: uh, well we know that she calls the shots you know
1: Anyway, Yes. next we move on to Olivia and Brett. (laughs) (laughs) So we see the beginning of, you know, Olivia's going to the hospital every day. He's cooking. He's home. They make a joke about there's no meat to be found everywhere. That was a little bit of a reference to to the beginning times. I've I've (laughs) divided our, like, 2020 um, into before times, beginning times, and after times. (laughs) So the after times is when we get back to normal life. And this, I guess, is the during times, and March, April, May, I guess, were the beginning times. <laughs> yeah, a show dark times. Uh, so he just he decides to tell us that one of his pet peeves is when you're watching a movie that you really enjoy that you've picked for someone, and they're on their phone, and it's like this is so petty. Is it? It's a pet peeve. It's. It, it, it's petty not- in my opinion yeah. really what is petty about it it's just like I think in light of the rest of their episode who gives a shit about, about like being on your phone during a booby? that is not you guys's problem so don't try to tell me that it is
0: well it could be a setup for all the things that he tries I mean I, I should preface by saying like I had a little bit of sympathy for Brett in this episode I don't know why but I think it's just effort of him trying like how he's the affectionate one and how he tries to do things with her and Olivia is rigid,
1: but go ahead. So it's really quiet. You know, it's been a month or so. He, wanted her to come to his house to figure out like how she could move in and he's like she's been off for a week and she didn't come a single time um they're in a stagnant place she feels like they kind of like stopped making progress after the cameras were turned off and production left so I guess there was a weekend where Olivia said she was going to go see her family and he thinks it's a bad idea and Brett tells us that he can't put his life on hold anymore so he's moving back to his house yep so, so she goes this a family so, Which I couldn't I didn't know where her family lived. I was a little confused. Like, was it a four hour drive, an eight hour drive a 12 hour drive? Like, I couldn't quite figure that out. And he didn't want her to, like, be traveling long distances. And then there was discussion about how she's like at work dealing with COVID every day. And she just wanted to come home and like, turn off the news. And she asked him, like, are you scared? <laughs> and uh, he is, uh, he's like, yeah. And she's like, well, kind of dismissive of it. Yeah so when you know he asked are you gonna you know he seemed really worried about her going to see her family and then she said you know everything's always someone else's fault it's my fault a production's fault I'm like well production's been gone so there's just you left and she's like <laughs> I she's frustrated and then she said you know she got home and she's like when I left I didn't think I was coming back to an empty house because he just left
0: <laughs> like, I just think there's a lot to unpack with this too because it's a he said, she said, and it just depends on how you think. But I do think that I can understand for some reason, Brett's frustration. Because again, I'm on, I'm one of those people who was like Brett in the beginning, where I was terrified about COVID. Like if you already work in like a hospital, and then you say you want to go um, visit your parents, I want to say her parents was in Texas, but don't quote me on that. Because I thought that was where um, they came from. But I could be wrong. And, you know, you dismiss it. See, Olivia's issue, she's one of those people, I mean, we all suffer from it. Like when you get to a certain age, you're stuck in your ways and you're just like, I've been doing things by my own, on my own. No one's going to tell me what to do. That's what it is. But she just has to be a little flexible. Like, you know, sometimes you're not, Brett is an asshole, but at the end of the day, he's still her husband at this point. So there are just some things to discuss and to do. And I just feel like, you know,
1: but their breakup conversation was was gold so she calls him and she's like so you just left and and you left me with no food and he's like I didn't take the food I just ate it it's like (laughs) that's not the greatest defense I've ever heard (laughs)
0: he's like I forgot the coffee. he's like you you just left the coffee pot he's like oh
1: yeah I forgot that (laughs) she was so (laughs) upset that there was no food in the house Mm -hmm. so i think she was probably more upset about the food being gone than him so she sits down with dr pepper and she's like dr pepper says you were giving him so little positivity i was like ooh. and then olivia says that she hasn't liked him for a long time and that there was no effort coming from the other side and it felt like there was no getting over the hump and then dr pepper says are you giving up on the marriage completely and olivia says she doesn't know Her first instinct is to not give up. But it's like, he he left. I I don't know if it's really up to you at this point.
0: I just, I don't understand. Just fighting for a a dead horse. Because he already told her in the conversation that there's no point us continuing this journey it's not working we have fundamental differences So pastor
1: Cal talks to Brett and he's like they've been quarantined for six weeks this time has been unprecedented then he starts talking about the cats fighting I was a little annoyed with that I'm like you know you didn't move out because of no cats fighting and he's like so I just moved home I was just following through with the plan and I'm like there's you got I mean not that there's even any reason to engage but the fact that you guys can't agree as to whether or not she knew whether or not you were moving out like, what? Yeah. Brett is like, we have communication issues. He also uttered a sentence that I actually listened to three times and didn't understand what it meant. I think, think that we both felt kind of more comfortable outside of where we're at, at where we are. I was like, what? And when confronted with it, there was a lot of compromise that they weren't really comfortable with. I think the whole, it was it was very um telling that other couples, literally two or three other couples have one of the things that he calls a central conflict for them and they are just working past it (laughs) which is the the timeline Mm -hmm. for having kids they're they're compromising they're working on it meanwhile you're like oh that's a deal breaker then he said that they friend zoned each other I don't understand people just like to throw around the word friend you guys were not friends you just didn't want to be together and that's a different thing
0: but you have to admit a like even though we say they don't like each other, every time they show us like, you know, montage of themselves, they're cuddling. Brett is doing something that they're watching movies. So, you know, they might've been friends. And then it's funny that she does. She says that um, he changed or whatever when production shut down. It was production's fault because that was the whole issue, right? With the cameras being around, he was a different person. You would have
1: thought of all the people who would have done excellent with production being gone, it would be the two of them based on what she said. Yeah. But that's not what happened. So maybe it wasn't production's fault. It wasn't.
0: I told you, Aid. that day they went <laughs> to his house, he checked out.
1: So she, you know, they sit down and have their talk. And she says, see, see now on decision day, could anything be done? To try to go in another direction and he says, No thanks (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm just like this is like a really Maybe Brett thought he already broke up with her. Um, my theory, remember Brett said seven dates is
0: too long to wait to get it in. Brett is horny.
1: He sure did say put his life on hold. That was one of his reasons for going home, is he didn't want to put his life on hold. I was like, What life are you talking? That's just a very specific, yeah.
0: Yes. So I think Brett is horny. Brett wants his honey to be fixed. And Brett just broke up without cheating on his wife. And he went to do what he needed to do. That's also when they were having that conversation once again. That was a random bottle of wine in the background. It wasn't Costco. I couldn't identify it at this point. But I don't know what it is with this wine being in the background as they speak. But I noticed it's it. It's
1: because they're all drinking to make it through, maybe?
0: <laughs> that could be.
1: Olivia but, you know... says that she's disappointed that she took a huge risk and a chance on love. And the person at the end of the aisle didn't have those expectations. And I was like, "Uh, I'm not sure that's what happened here.
0: It's not what happened. They both played their part in this. Brett is an asshole. Let's not, let's put it out there. That's not arguable. But I think Olivia played her part. I was not
1: sad to see them go. I was happy for both of them, though this was over.
0: No, I wasn't. It was just sad to see her say, I don't like to lose. Girl, this is not a test or a quiz or a game. It's marriage and it's not working. Be free. Go find someone. Now you can travel with someone that can afford it. Now you can eat your nice things without someone telling you that you don't know how to budget. Take your freedom. Ever,
1: you're and right in that the two of them will be much happier apart than they ever were together. Uh, mm-hmm. So we had our first couples quit this week, and that was so exciting. But sad, but it was exciting. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> uh, so, Tane, who has your bouquet for the week?
0: I hate when I have this, but I have a tie I gave Amelia and Bennett because. I don't want to underestimate the fact that they navigate through these huge things. Like because of the way they navigate things, you think that they don't have big issues like some of these couples do. The problem is they've taken the ego out of it. Like Bennett says, he's like, "Yo, I'm, I I don't care, you know, it is what it is. I just got to take care of me and mine." And they get through it so easily. I'm so glad the match thing is done. So we have nothing else to bring up all the time. So they have my bouquet. My tie is Dr. Pepper.
1: Is there something in particular that Dr. Pepper said that earned her this award?
0: (laughs) The minute she told Karen, so it's all about you. (laughs) I said yes, bitch, yes. (laughs) Somebody say it but i i feel like she said some you know maybe not resolutions but she had some insightful shady questions that i appreciated and i was like you know what this is why you're the only expert that's been here from season one dr pepper next season just you know show your face every now and then you'll be nice but yeah they both have my bouquet who has Um,
1: yours my bouquet goes to karen and Miles. Simply for not breaking up. Because it would have been very easy to do at this point. Maybe they should have. But I don't see them as a couple who I'm tired of looking at on my screen. I see them as a couple that may or may not work out. So I'm glad that they didn't quit during quarantine and that they're going to continue on and keep on trying. Yeah. Who has your burnt ashes?
0: Oh, my burnt ashes goes to Christina. I, you know... It would have been Christina and Henry, but Henry found his balls this episode and I'm living for it. It's the same thing as last week. They should just end this shit show of a relationship. But Christina is getting ugly now, you know, bringing up that I hate when people try to be petty with people by using sexuality. And I think that's really low. The whole walk thing and the whole manipulation with the tears and all that. I wasn't here for it. It was just not cute. So
1: no. So spoiler alert, if anybody wants to keep on going. In the preview for next week, we see Christina and Henry are still on the show. And for that, they get my burnt ashes. I could save it and give it to them next (laughs) week. but I'm going to give it to them this week because after what we saw, they should have done like Olivia and Brett, gone home and quit this thing. But instead, we will have to suffer through them. I don't know what they're trying to do or why they're doing it or how they resolve you calling your husband gay because you're mad at him because he don't like you. Like, I don't, I'm not here for it. Yep. I'm not happy about it. And I'm not looking forward to seeing them next week.
0: Nope. But hey, didn't you hear Henry? There's still a lot Get to learn about here. each other. Get out of
1: here, Henry. And that's why here. I gave it <laughs> to both of them because they both have their part to play here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Agreed. So as always, we love hearing from you guys. And we also love sharing your reviews. Surprise Girl says the best. A great Married at First Side podcast that I just discovered. The hosts have great chemistry Definitely one of the best maths podcasts out there.
1: Thank you, Surprise local Girl. local strawberry says, entertaining. I highly recommend this podcast to anyone who enjoys analyzing the <laughs> ins and out of Married at First Sight. Not only are the hosts spot on with their commentaries on the couples and critiques of the show, they are also hilariously funny and heartwarming in their hopes for successful marriages. If only the experts, quote unquote, would tune in. Thank you so much, Local Strawberry. (laughs) That was really nice of you.
0: It was really nice. So that's it for this week. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at AltacallMAFS. That's A-L-C-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We are available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to our show. Don't forget to subscribe. Please give us five stars. We love it. It helps us with our visibility. And please write your reviews. We love to read what you have to say about our show. Listen to whatever, on whatever platform you listen to us on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and we hope to see you here next week. Bye. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.